Good afternoon, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, owls, and everyone in between. Uh, my name is Mr. Richardson, assistant principal at Highland Park High School. I'm Tom Scalfani. I am the health and phys ed teacher at Highland Park High School. And I'm Miss Luxa. I'm Dean of Restorative Practices for the middle school and the high school. Um, Thank you for coming to Run the Halls and listening to us. Today, this episode of Running the Halls is sponsored by... This episode of the T of HP is brought to you by Coach's Choice. Coach's Choice USA slash Select is a basketball training group that runs camps, clinics, and tournaments throughout the East Coast, as well as manage pro athletes. For more information, call Tom Sclafani at 732-501-4155 or go to their website at coacheschoiceselect.com. All right, and today we have a really special guest, um, one of my favorite people in the world, Mr. Dykeman. He is a seventh grade social studies teacher. Um, he works in the middle school. I went my first year starting at Highland Park. We were roommates. We were like ne- right next door to each other. So, Mr. Dykeman, thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. All right. I, I... Henry, I got a, a, a interesting question. I think right here is uh, you know you had we did a poll, right, of uh, all our students on uh, who they wanted to talk to the most, and you got the most votes. Why is that? And these are from high school students too. <laughs> you know, I I I honestly don't know the answer to that. <laughs> um, you know, I I will say that uh, you know I love teaching. I mean, you know, I love teaching. I hope that comes off every day, even on my bad days. Like I love being there and I love teaching. And so I can't speak for anybody else. But when I got the invitation to come here and speak, you know, because it's for my students and, you know, I love you guys. I, that's why I'm here. Like it was like I made clear the schedule. I made sure I had another meeting. I said I need to get out by this time. And so I don't know. I can't speak for anybody. I don't know why they would want to talk to me so much or hear about me because I don't know if I'm that interesting. But I know that I love teaching them and I love working in Highland Park so you know maybe that's something but I know I'm just happy to be here so favorite or not I don't care (laughs) (laughs) you know and we are happy to have you so speaking of which why don't you walk us through what led you to the life of teaching Um, I'll try to make this on the briefer side there's a couple things that went on Um, I've told this to my students before I am one of those insane people that in seventh grade which is what I teach so I love teaching seventh grade I realized I wanted to be a teacher I had some really powerful teachers that inspired me in positive ways and I had some powerful teachers that inspired me in negative ways too if I'm being honest and I said I want to be like this and I don't want to necessarily be like that and um that is where I said I want to be a teacher and then I always loved history I also loved uh, literature and English um I'm just I can't spell that great like I have to really work on that a lot so I was like well let me go with the history thing I can make a lot of spelling errors there and get away with it and so right then but then the road to becoming a teacher was really long I was going to school and then um I lost some of my funding there were some changes in the rules so I had to go work so I took some time off of school and I worked full time and I worked in the computer industry in the logistics end, like the getting parts for guys. I didn't fix anything. And uh, I was going to school at night and I was taking forever. Like I was taking one or two classes a night per semester. You know, it was just taking forever. And then 9-11 happened. The company I was working for lost a tremendous amount of business beyond the tragedy, obviously. And my boss came to me because I was a manager 
and he said, I got to lay somebody off. And he was like, who do we do this? And I said, lay me off and I'll go back to school. Wow. And uh, yeah, by the way, that was not a five minute decision. You know, I actually like said, we got to discuss this further. When I went home, I really thought about it. And I was like, I don't want anybody who does this for a living to lose their job. That was part of it. But the other part of it was, if I'm going to make a move, I better make a move. So I came back to him and asked him and he thought about it for a day. And he got back to me and goes, all right, he goes, we'll lay you off. We'll keep this guy. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, you'll be gone in two weeks. And I went back to school <laughs> and I got my history degree. <laughs> I couldn't get, I got Worked as a long-term sub in seventh grade history, which I fell in love with in another district. And I tried to get a job and I couldn't get a job um, because they didn't have a teaching license yet. So I was like, where do I work? And I saw an opportunity to work at a correctional facility for male youth offenders that were from eight to 18, which I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> and I got a job there and they said, we'll hire you and you can teach and then we'll get you through school to get your license. So I worked for them for two years while I got my license and I gave them three back. So they got me my license. I made sure I paid them back. I didn't want to be the guy who just like took off. And also it was an exciting, like very, as a teacher, cause I, I love to teach. I mean, I cut my teeth there, you know what I mean? I love teaching there. So even though these kids were troubled, they needed an education too. And they need somebody to be there for them too. And I gave that back and I said, I want to move on. And then Highland Park reared its ugly head and offered me a job and I got to tell you it was the most exciting day in my life before I met my wife and had my kids like it was the day when I found out I was going to work for Highland Park I I jumped I hit my head on the ceiling that's how excited I was so that's how I got into the, all of this <laughs> that's a really interesting story it's um, I'm just happy to be here <laughs> you know what you did that's pretty cool that's really yeah, thank cool. thank you I it's it's just you know like I said I it's something I've wanted to do since seventh grade now is my road, and I've, I've told this to parents, you know, in the back to school night and stuff, my road went, was long and winding a lot more than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be a much shorter and straighter road, but all that, I think, one thing I appreciate about that is I think I, I have an experience level that helps me in my classroom. You know, it helps me to relate to students and understand struggle and also appreciate, be appreciative. Like I said, I, I brag that I work at Hot Park. I know for everything that goes on in the world, I like, I love being a teacher. Like, I love this job. Henry, can you take us through like, you know, you know, how many years have you been now at Highland Park? Uh, this is my 12th year teaching in Highland Park, which is amazing if I got my math right. Uh, 12 years teaching. So, so I came from, uh, I was, you know, born in New York. And then um, one of the things I really value about my experience over in New York, was uh, we were we were living in what are called government housing called projects. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents were having a hard time getting employed. My uh, dad was trying to go to school and, and better himself a little bit. And I had older brothers, our older sisters and uh, younger brother. And, you know, I, I tell this to my students too. It's like, you know, there's no shame in that because it helped me to understand that there's this idea of serving. Cause like, this is where these programs are set up for people that were struggling. And we, we were able to access that program. Without that program of welfare and living in government housing, these projects, I wouldn't be here today. So, you know, it was, it, it was something that I think I, I actually like, I'm very proud of because it helped me to realize like some of the important things in life. And I try to center that with myself. Like don't ever let stuff get in front of what is important, whatever that stuff is. Coming over to Jersey, it was like night and day. I saw my first cow when I came to New Jersey. We moved to, you know, I remember, was, you know, we were going to part of uh, Piscataway because we moved right next door to Piscataway. And the funny thing is I grew up, 
you know, as a kid, like, you know, after New York in Piscataway, and I never went to Highland Park. I would drive through Highland Park. So it was always there when people said Highland Park, but I didn't know what, you know, what, what the town was. But when I came to Piscataway, there was a farm and it had a cow. And I remember saying, that's cow. And everybody else is like, and? And I'm like, no, that's a cow. Like that, like what is like, that? I've seen cow goes moo in the book, you know? So I was kind of, <laughs> it was wild coming here. And then I was saying, cow bell, cow bell. yeah, there we go right there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, long story short, coming here to Jersey, though, it was interesting because I did have to learn how to, we were just saying before, like code switch, because I used to get kind of mocked mercilessly with my New York accent, which I now take like I'm fun with it because I'll tell the students like you know I get really mad New York comes out if I'm really nervous first day of school I sound like I'm from New York because I'm nervous and I and when I was a kid people used to say and I don't know if you ever had this like Tom but um people say in water and chocolate yeah. they say hey say chocolate say chocolate chocolate what's the matter with chocolate and then it's cracking up and I you know I didn't care but I learned how to like kind of adapt to where I live uh-huh. but it was it was nice it was I you know as much as I think New York City is the most exciting place in the world, and I love, you know, that part of Staten Island and Brooklyn and stuff. Living in New Jersey was a lot more diverse than I expected, and I really appreciate that now as an adult. You know, I, I really think, appreciate. I think it. you get to know people out here better because in New York, when I was living there, it's such a fast-paced town. I mean, Highland Park is slow motion compared to, you know, living in New York. Could, being couldn't honest. agree more. Could and, absolutely. You know, you, you get a chance to uh, see different people, really understand cultures so much better. So, you know, that's, that's what I see. And it's a little more, uh, nothing again, not knocking New York, because I love New York, but it's because it's a little slower, you get that sense in the time of the people around you a lot differently. You're not rushing to the next thing as fast as it feels like sometimes. More with Mr. Dykeman after these messages from our sponsors. Make sure to try out Papagallo's Pizzeria, a new restaurant in town at 76 Raritan Ave. You can order dishes such as pizza, obviously, burgers, paninis, subs, pasta, and much more online or in person. I gotta say, the garlic knots and baked CD look positively scrumptious. They're open 11am to 9pm Monday through Thursday, 11am to 10pm Friday and Saturday, and 12pm to 9pm Sunday. Order online at papagallospizza.com. Going back to like the questions from, from the kids, one student asked, why is it so important to physically tell stories with props and movements and drawings rather than just like a traditional, like read this, do this assignment. So like, I guess students want to know like what made you choose like your style of teaching? Okay, that's a really good question actually. And there's a lot of different answers to that. So I'll try to like cut them into easy to chew chunks. Number one, um, I had a professor in college, Professor Andrews, also from Brooklyn. Um, he was from Canarsie and uh, it's Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> and he, he taught in a similar manner, in a sense. He didn't use a lot of props, but the way he would like weave a tapestry of, of history just hooked me like zap. Like that's where it was like, wow. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you now, I even do mannerisms that he used to do. Sometimes I'll push my glasses in with my, with 
my index finger because he used to do that. Sometimes I'll write an E just because it was almost like a hero worship and the guy lived up to, to 99% of it, which is rare, I think. Um, but uh, he was just phenomenal. But also too, like when I became a teacher and again, working at that correctional facility, I had students that said, like, we're stupid. We're not going to learn. You know, they were from the streets. They did horrible crimes and they were sentenced to this place, you know, for, by a court. And to them, it was like, I'm not going to learn. And I, I had to do everything I could to like reach them. Now, I always liked history and my artifacts. And I always found that like useful to bring in because I, I, I personally feel the moment you touch history, you understand history. I could show you a picture of a knight's helmet, but when I let you hold a knight's helmet, I let you put on a knight's helmet, you understand that like far more richer and far more in depth. And that goes with anything. I used to do my World War II museum. You know, it's like you put on the M1 helmet, you wear the canteen, you pick up the water jug, you know, you suddenly like, whoa, this is what people experience in some level. You know, we're not going to get every experience and nor should we. Some things are best left to that part of history. But the artifacts themselves, I think, help tell the story, too. And I can and then it gives us a touchstone that we can all relate to. Henry, what's um, your favorite? What's your favorite period of time? Like in history? What do you like? World War II, I would say World War II is the one that um, I, f I find myself really uh, dove into. It, it has a lot to do with my grandfather. It's one of the reasons I got into history. My f uh, grandfather served in the Pacific during World War II. And he was, uh, unfortunately, he suffered from what we call today, like PTSD. Back then they called it shell shock. He was physically wounded and emotionally wounded. And there were memories I had of him that I didn't understand. So at night when we would sleep over my grandparents, now they lived in Staten Island. Um, and we would stay over the house. My grandfather used to yell at night and we thought he was trying to mess with us, trying to scare us, you know? So he'd be sleeping on the floor in the living room and he'd be like yelling out and like saying stuff. And we, you know, kind of laugh and giggle because we were just little kids, right? It wasn't until after he passed and I became older that I found out that what was happening is every night he was fighting the Japanese again at Guadalcanal. Wow, and he was wow. reliving the war almost every night. And like that completely took a memory and flipped it. Like what, and then I want to know more. I want to know, I always remember seeing his purple heart, which I actually have now. I want to know how he earned it. I found out, you know, like, and he start doing the history and the research. A so World War II always has that place for me in that regard. And, and it's fortunate because in history, I do have a discipline where I can get artifacts and bring things in a frying pan can be an artifact. An arrow can be an artifact. A knight's helmet can be, an, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that has a lot to do with it. And more like I said, World War II is the real, the real big one. That's across the, broad, the board. But honestly, I like all kinds of history. And then uh, to answer Juliana's question, so, so trying to reach these guys and get them to understand history. And then I like to draw. So I can incorporate that art into it. So now you've got the visual learner who sees the pictures and sees the cartoons and they understand the story. You got the audio learner who listens to the story and paints a picture in their head. And then everybody has that tactile experience where they can hold something and, and feel it and touch it. And if it's lighter, if it's heavy, if it's hot, if it's cold, whatever. And you're kind of like blanketing the experience. So because the whole purpose is to get them to understand and empathize with history not just learn, I, I, I use this example every every year, 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I mean, I got taught that, I'm sure many of you guys did. Mm -hmm. That doesn't tell me why he sailed, doesn't tell me where he was going, doesn't tell me what that experience was like, doesn't tell me what happened when he got there, who he affected, oh, it's a trivia. It's just a marker you can look up. Anything else gives them that deeper enriched 
understanding. And that's what I'm trying to do, get them to empathize and be enriched in the class so they know history. They don't have to be history majors or become history teachers, but I want them to walk out saying, this is important and I understand it. I think that's so important to have that purpose. And you really did such a phenomenal job with like driving that purpose, you know? I try. Like, Really do. I mean, so many students really appreciate your approach. Like you always have like put so much time and effort and it really, really shows for the students. Juliana used to put her head in my window so much I drew a mustache <laughs> with, a, with an expo marker. So as she put her face there, the kids would see with a, like, a, like a, a curly villain's mustache. Funny. And I knew that she was there because they'd start laughing and I look over and there she is and she'd be like, what's going on? So, and you know to, and also too you know I, I i my goal every day is that every student feels that way i don't you know it, i want everybody to at least come in and say i can do this and i can understand this so that's what i'm striving for i'm not i you know and i'm not i'm not gonna not be honest i don't do that every day well and i do try but that's my goal every day is for everyone to get to where it's like i appreciate this or i understand this so so what part of teaching is your most favorite? It's an easy answer, but it's, it's it, okay. Dealing with students, being with students and having them like ask me questions and get me thinking, you know, our motto is Semper Discans, always learning. And that's when, when they're asking me questions or they're interacting with me or they're challenging me, that's probably my favorite. I walk away from classes that I've been challenged with great questions, not challenged in the sense of like, you know, you're stupid or you don't know what you're talking about, but like, well, what about this, Mr. Dickman? Or how about this? And all of a sudden I'm like, a door just got opened. I, I didn't think of that before. And that's like inspiring to me. So I would say that's my favorite part of teaching. And then the other part is uh, telling stories. I love to tell the great stories of history. Like that's to me the, the best. Um. Mr. Dykeman, we asked students um, one question and we're gonna share the results with you because um, I think it's so important for you to read all the amazing things that students oh. said. Um, so I want, I just wanna hear your reaction to some of these really amazing things that um, some of the students said. I appreciate how welcoming he is and how even though it could be your first time meeting him, it feels like you've known him for years. Wow, um, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love his personality and the way he teaches. Back when I had him in middle school, his class was my favorite class because he made every lesson fun and engaging. How he would reenact and draw cool cartoons and made us interested. The way he told stories was very cool and I miss his class. He'll be forever one of my teachers, favorite teachers of all time. That's um, it. I don't, I, I don't know what to say to him. He's Juliana. Like, I, it's just the kind of thing that just, it, it humbles you and it makes me proud at the same time because anything that any successes that I have are because of them. You know, I mean, it's like I may, I, I may do certain things, but really, it's because of them. So. And some students want to know what your favorite artifact is that you possess. Hmm. I, okay, so the, most classes have seen this. Um, if it, ha it, you mean just historical artifact in general, or that has to do with the course in general it, my, my grandfather's purple heart you know because it's not something he got for taking a life it's something he got for almost giving his you know and i just i i don't you know i don't need to see a big body count to say oh you're a hero what i need to see is somebody did their job when he didn't want to do it he wasn't all that excited about going into the war apparently and 
you know, he was drafted in. It wasn't like he was like one of the people that were volunteered in. And he was a little older than some of the other recruits. Um, but he got, you know, he did, he saved his friend's life um, and, in, you know, his life too. Um, grenade, grenade was thrown. He jumped on top of him and his friend um, and wow. you know, went off and they both got wounded. So he got the Purple Heart. So it's, I, I think that's my, my most cherished art. That's something I'm going to hand down. You know what I mean? For the, for the class, Knight's Helmet. Knight's Helmet. <laughs> that's the one that just like, that's the eye popping, like, boom, here's a Knight's Helmet. Try this on. And I have two now because I had a student donate one to me, which was really amazing. You know what's wow. amazing with the helmets is when I was a kid, my father was a sergeant in the Marine Corps in Korea. And he uh -huh. gave the, his helmet, you know, like the little kids would go out and play, you know, army. Yeah. He gave me his helmet. And I was like, wow, maybe four, five, six years old. Like, you know, I was young. And all I could remember was the thing was so big on my head and it's heavy. Heavy. Hitting my head, man. It was like somebody hit me with a sledgehammer, but I wouldn't take the helmet off. It was so cool. Oh no, we we when I used to do the World War II museum, um, one of the things I would talk talk to them about is called GI nose. It's where they get this cut on the bridge of their nose because when they run, the helmet bounces and hits the bridge of their nose. So like in the movies, there are plastic helmet that gets hairpinned to their hair so it doesn't move. But in real life, you run with one hand on your helmet and your other hand on your weapon or whatever you're carrying. So you didn't get GI nose because that thing is like it's like somebody taking like a you know, like a branch and like just whacking you or like a hot rod whacking you in the nose. It's like something you're like that, getting beat up on the way to the fight. You know, it's <laughs> it's something that you wouldn't know unless you try, like Tom said, like you try it on. This thing's so heavy. It's so big. Imagine these 18 year old kids, 19 year old kids running around. I mean, you know, I look at the high school students and I'm like, think about some things that went out of history. It's like, maybe you never know just from what I have experienced or just what I've heard, you know, because they're so, they're so young, you know, it's like, it's hard to, picture that sometimes it's like wow like this is, it's not like in the movies where they're carrying a rubber rifle and you know stuffing in a pack it's they're carrying 60 pounds of gear and that's it you know helmet shows that big time all right henry i i got a question here uh i'm gonna call it sclafani's quiz so if we, i'm gonna throw some questions at you it's gonna be kind of quick okay you got it all right and if you could give me anywhere from like one word to a sentence as an answer all right you I'm ready good. To go? i'm ready Okay. Uh, favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? General Sauce chicken. Nice. Why is it your favorite food? Is it the army <laughs> reference? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. No, that's Even that's too cheesy for me, and I am the cheesiest teacher in the world. Uh, no, it's just, I'll tell you what, it's a cheeseburger or General Sauce, and if you put the General Sauce in front of me, I'm going to go for the General Sauce. So, there you go. Favorite actor? Uh, uh, um, Peter O'Toole. Favorite actress? Uh, nobody's gonna know who she is. Jean Tierney. I know. She's a, you do. Okay. You. See, that's why I like you so much, Tom. It's more than Brooklyn. It's more yeah, than Brooklyn. Back into the forties. That's thank you, thank you. All right. All right. Favorite movie? Lawrence of Arabia, hands down. Okay. Um, favorite sports team and why? Mets. I'm a baseball guy. I love playing baseball. I like playing baseball better than watching baseball. And my family's from New York, and my dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. And the first New York, the first, you know, the, the Mets came from the void of Brooklyn Dodgers moving to LA. So 
You know what? I got to give you a lot of credit for being a Met fan because when they first started, they were like the worst team ever in baseball. <laughs> Terrible. They were like embarrassing. Yeah. There was like a point where I think they were talking about uh, closing the club. There was like just they were yeah, awful. They were and then, really but, bad for first well, didn't history repeat itself? Okay, in the beginning, <laughs> I, I was a, I I am a Met fan and I'm an honest one. That hap- history repeats itself almost every season. It seems like. <laughs> okay, but the Mets. Right. Yeah. Next question: um, Favorite general in history, and why? Oh wow, that's a tough one. That's a really hard one to. Uh, to answer because I don't really like any generals. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm not like a fan, like, oh, I want to be like that. I guess, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I guess, uh, well, military commander, I guess I, I always found Julius Caesar to be very interesting to me. You know, he, got, he crossed the, the, he was first to cross the Rhine, you know, but I don't like Julius Caesar. But I, I think as a military leader, he was kind of interesting, very uh, determined. Okay. Um, and last question, what's your favorite quality in a person? Honesty. Being honest, I, you know, it's, I, you, as you get older, and I'm not so young anymore, clearly, uh, you just really appreciate that more than almost anything else. I'd rather have somebody, you know, be abrupt, but honest, than kind and lie to my face. You know, just because you're smiling while you punch me in the face doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like... Very good point. Henry, we're going to have to wrap up uh, right about now, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of give you an opportunity to leave our audience with anything else that you might want to say. You know, I don't know what it is about the water in Highland Park that makes you guys so awesome. Like, you guys have no idea. I've, you know, I've worked in other schools and other situations. I worked in the computer industry. Before I came here, um, you know, I have a little bit of experience outside and nothing has ever met or matched how excited and how much I love being here at Highland Park because of you. I mean, the students and even like I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I work with the best faculty I've ever worked with in my life, the best co-workers in my life. I've never seen people care and work as hard as you guys ever. And I, like I said, I've been around the block a couple times. And, you know, it's like I, I can sit back with some experience and stand righteous in my house and say, this is what I say. So, you know, just always just keep, you know, just being awesome because this place is awesome. And I, and I really love being here. I like I got to tell you this. What I like so much about the school, uh, my daughter, Talia, um, in high school, she actually I live in East Brunswick. So my kids were going to East Brunswick. And then uh, I felt Talia just needed a little bit more smaller classes, a little more attention, you know, for things, right? So for high school, this is how much I, I like the school, right? I had to come over to Highland Park. So it's awesome. Graduate from Highland Park. So, you know, I, I can totally agree with what you're saying a lot. I mean, there are some absolutely dynamic, dynamic teachers in the school. And, uh, you know, I hope our audience on this, you know, can hear that and understand it a little bit where we have a lot of people, I think, who put so much time into, you know, and that- and I, and I couldn't agree more, and I'll extend that to not only the students who, again, challenge us and challenge me, but um, the parents who are supportive, I mean, the community itself. Like, it really, it, it, it's, you know, I, I've said this before, and some of the students probably heard this, if you 
know the Wizard of Oz, the Yellow Brick Road for me ends in Highland Park. This is what I've wanted to do since I was in seventh grade and I'm doing it. And I came from a lot of nothing and got to where I want to be. So I'm a happy guy and everybody has that chance to do it too if you, if you, if you can. So just try. So this is just a great place to be. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I did too. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Have a great weekend too. Hey, thank Henry. you so much for joining us. And thank you for all of the listeners who nominated Mr. Dykeman. I appreciate that. Um, it's very nice. You always have some phenomenal stories. And I learned even so much more about you through this podcast that I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Like, Hopefully not boring. Oh, really? I didn't know like you were from New York. I didn't know all those things. Uh, yeah, that's, what it, that's what it is. It's Brooklyn. <laughs> all right. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming Take care. Bye-bye.